Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-hosted cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, John. It's good to be here again. It's good to be here with you, too, Victor. Again and again. Man, a few words. That's it, huh? There's nothing really (laughs) new to bring to the table, literally. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, just been just busy. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. I was about to say this is starting off to be a depressing episode. Yeah. You said you have nothing to bring to the table. I disagree with you, my friend. But we'll, it has been we'll a few see. weeks since we've been in here because right. Yeah. We did like three episodes one Saturday morning, mm-hmm. so it's been several weeks. So hopefully, we can knock the rust off. But yeah, it it has been busy. I you know I want to give a shout out to Bill Breen and all the men in uh, the Tucson area. I was able to go out there and do a men's conference with a men's conference with Hector Molina, which I've known Hector for years, but mm-hmm. this. Was the first time we actually got to work together and i mean he's such a humble guy i mean he did some incredible things he actually asked to open up uh for me which i you know guys been doing this 30 years and he just said i knew what you were going to do i wanted to prime the pump for that and uh you know a lot of men complimented us and said that you know it was one of the first conferences they've been to where the speakers actually spoke to each other worked off each other mm-hmm. and, and and were in unity together with the same sort of message so shout out to he- uh, hector on that he's helped me with a lot of different things and it's just really neat to uh, see somebody be have that kind of humility mm-hmm. um you know to say let me go first and things like that so thank you to him but to bill and all the guys it was a great conference we met a lot of guys out there um thank you guys for all of you that donated that bought merchandise that supported us that sent kind words it was a joy to be with you and i'm looking forward to being back out in that area again um got some good news coming up where we are going to seek 2023 so they reached out and asked us to podcast from there so uh january 2nd through the 5th we'll be there we'll actually be podcasting on january the 3rd on right. mission way is what they call it but it's the vendor room and i won't be there but next no year. yeah next you're not gonna be able to make it i, I hope you can next time if we get asked again hopefully i won't mess yeah. it up where we don't get asked again but uh, i'm looking forward to it uh lucy who helps us in the ministry is going to be there working mm-hmm. a table so if you're in the st louis area come out uh come to seek it's a amazing for a lot of different reasons uh, you know you'll see 20,000 people there uh, there's a vendor room with like 500 vendors um, you really get to contact get to get in contact with the, the speakers and things like that they're always walking around but I think Father Mike Schmitz and Sister Miriam, Father Josh Johnson, uh, Jason Everett, a bunch of people are going to be headlighting the thing this year. But if you're a Catholic, it's really a cool place to be, especially if you're within driving distance there in St. Louis. So come out and see us. Um, I want to thank everybody that's been given to the ministry. Uh, you know, we really put out there here lately that we needed mission partners and we've invited a lot of people through the podcast or through uh, going and meeting with people through our email uh newsletter all those things to consider joining us and i know we're here at the end of the year and a lot of people are looking victor this time of year to to give away money all right you know for tax purposes to Mm -hmm. start looking at okay well i've got some stuff i need to do to help me out on my taxes we would love to be the recipient of that if that is the case for you. We, you know, we've had a phenomenal year. We've been out there and we've started 14 men's groups at 14 different parishes. We have testimony after testimony that we can send you um, from priests and deacons and DREs and men that are leading men's groups, men are, that are part of these men's groups whose lives have been changed by the work that we're doing out there. Again, being these modern day Pauls. 
uh, putting our boots on the ground and going out there and starting things that are building fruit that will last, groups for men where they can be authentic and be themselves. So we're looking for mission partners, whether you want to give here at the end of the year for tax benefits or if you want to just be a part of this ministry and give so that we can continue to grow. That's, that's the thing, Victor. We don't want to stay where we are. We know what we're doing is having an effect, so we want to look at how we can scale this up and how we can be effective in more parishes and helping more men to find our Lord. So again, if you want to become a mission partner, you can do that by going to donorbox.org slash pew, or you can go to justagotinthepew.com and there's a donate button up there. You can pick your level, but we are looking for that monthly support because that allows us to know what we've got coming in every month. If we don't have missions and things like that, we still know that there's, there's support coming in every month so we can continue to make decisions based on that support. So Thank you for those that have already given. Thank you for those who will. Uh, God bless you all. We really appreciate it more than you know. Uh, one last thing, if you haven't checked out our pilgrimage to Israel with Father Larry Richards, that's quickly approaching in May. I know it seems like a ways off, but it will be here in no time. There are still plenty of seats, and I'm super excited to go. One thing Hector and I talked about a lot when we were together was just the Holy Land and how amazing it is, and he's really got me jacked up and, and super excited to go. Uh, and I know Father is. So you're going to have a great time. Uh, we're going to go to a, a bunch of amazing places where our Lord walked. So consider going with us. It's Like I said, it's rapidly approaching. And if you are someone who worries about the vaccination stuff, that's all been lifted in Israel. So it doesn't matter if you're vaxxed or not. You can go again to justaguyonthepew.com. Go to our events and book me page. And right there in the top of that page, you'll see, or in the middle of that page, you'll see our, our, our pilgrimage opportunities. So please consider going with us. So Victor... Like I said, um, you know, it's been a few weeks since we've been in here and just been running around. The Lord's been uh, keeping us very busy here. And uh, as I've mentioned on here before, Angela's going back to graduate school. So mm-hmm. uh, it's busier around the house than it's ever that's been like. for me. Yes, it's, it's really fun. <laughs> that's you know? Right. Well, you know yeah. what? The, the way I look at it, and there's always two ways you can look at everything, right. right? You can look at it like, man, there's a lot more falling on me. But in my case, because of the mistakes I made earlier in my life, I'm looking at it like, Man, this is a, a chance for me to be here for her the yeah. way that she's been here for me. And in time that I always wish I had gained back, you know, that I lost with my children and my selfishness. So I have those opportunities now. But uh, So you're saying this is John Redux? Like, you know, <laughs> the, You'd have to explain to me two. what Redux means. But well, yeah, you know, it's like French for part two, I guess. Redo? You, you mean Redo, like, yes. oh, yeah, part two or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah so it's, it's giving me an opportunity to do things like that and, and to really help out and um, so it's just been sort of busy, not yeah. always with ministry stuff. Sometimes, I guess it is ministry of the family, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's just been, hey, the children's laundry hasn't been done in a week, so we got to get that done, things like that. But today was one of those days where I had a lot of stuff I was doing, ministry in, in home life. And uh, it was really thinking, okay, we got to do a podcast. What's it going to be on? And as I turned to the readings today, you know, I was using my Magnificat, and I love getting those because I could take notes in them when I go to Mass and mm-hmm. stuff. And you know, today's reading, which is is on Monday the 14th when we're doing the show, it'll come out next week, but um, is the reading where Jesus is uh, approached in Jericho by the blind man that's sitting there and, and he wants to be healed, and, and, and we'll get into that here in a minute, but as we as I read through this, I made some notes in there about some particular things in there. Uh, generally, the you know, the idea that this blind man was just kind of sitting there begging, and, and he was blind, had been, it says, uh, for a long time. 
And then somebody told him, you know, he could hear noise going on and commotion. And somebody told him that Jesus was passing by. So immediately uh, he gets up and he and he starts yelling, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And, of course, like we have in life and our lives every day when we're trying to live for Jesus or, or change our lives for something, a lot of times there's naysayers in it that, you know, sit down, shut up, be quiet, get out of the way. And, and so that's what was happening here. It says the people walking in front of him rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. And then Jesus stopped when he finally heard him and ordered for him to be brought to him. Uh, when he was brought to him, Jesus simply asked him a question, what do you want me to do for you? And this is when the blind man had an opportunity to say, Lord, please, please uh, let me see. You know, I want to see, I want my sight. And Jesus told him, have sight, your faith has saved you. He immediately received his sight and followed him, giving glory to God. And when people saw this, all the people gave praise to God. So this is something, uh, you know, we've done reflections on before. We've talked about on the show before, I, I believe. But today it really made, it stopped me for a lot of reasons. One sitting here thinking, man, how long had, had that guy been sitting there waiting for somebody to do something for him? And, and that's really kind of the, the idea of the show today. And the topic of the show is, you, you know, a lot of times we sit there and we're waiting on God to do something for us. But in actuality, he might be waiting on you, right, for you to do something to take action in your life. Oh, my turn? Yeah, it's I your turn, it's yeah. Well, uh, you heard me breathe. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean that that scripture is really profound because it's it's we can be the blind man who is distracting our daily tasks like we're always busy doing something else we don't have time to go to adoration or say a quick prayer or forget to say a prayer when we wake up or go to bed um, we're consumed with what what our needs need to be met with um, and we forget our immediate needs which is our spiritual growth uh, and I think Christ comes back to kind of helping this gentleman because like you said. He was before a pool that had healing powers, right? And so it was like... No, that's a different guy. That's a different, a different reading, yeah. All this right, is sorry. the one. Blind man, that's okay. This is a blind man in Jericho. So blind man in Jericho. So yeah. it, it's one of those things where, we're, we're, you know, blind man, blind person is one of those things where, where our perceptions are, are elevated towards other things like hearing and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. But that desire to like he was seeking something that he didn't have, he was lacking, because yeah. he realized that, that for him at that moment that it would totally change him again. Uh, with Christ being present with him, he can probably get that. Yeah. Well, the the thing is that what it made me really re- reminded me of is how often we have a bad habit of just asking things of Jesus and waiting on them to be delivered to mm-hmm. us. Right. We we've got a you know we're waiting for Jesus to heal us or to fix us or to save us, and obviously He has saved us by His death on the cross. But oftentimes we we treat Jesus almost like a genie in a bottle. Right, like we're going to pick it up when we need something. We're going to rub that bottle, and then mm-hmm. out comes Jesus. And Jesus, I need this, and poof, thank you. I'm glad to serve you. Here's what you need. Yeah. And and so often in our lives, we get jaded and we get angry when the things that we're praying for, that we're asking for, aren't met. Right? Because well, Jesus, if He loved me, why didn't He give me this? Or if Jesus really loved me, why did He allow me to be sick for so long? Or if Jesus really loved me, why didn't He make this easy on me? And and you know because. Oftentimes we have that mentality; it causes us to sit idle, mm-hmm. and we're, we're inactive. We don't take action in our own faith lives. We just expect Jesus to show up like a butler and wait on us all the time. When when we're actually supposed to get up and do something about it in our lives, you know, too. That Jesus doesn't just want, um, he doesn't want to just 
do anything for us. He wants to work with us and through us oftentimes. It would be like me saying, okay, I quit my job. Now, Jesus, find me something better. Deliver to me all the things to support my family. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I'll just be sitting around the house until you show up and decide to do that. Well, it has to be management. Right. 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 <laughs> right. It's just like, right. It has to be management. I want to tell people what to do, and I don't want it to be hard for me. And, yeah. And I want a lot of money for doing it, right? Right. But at some point, we have to go, like, no, you got to get up off the couch and go look for a job. Mm-hmm. And Jesus will bless you through those opportunities, right? Like, yes, the Lord wants to bless you. He always has that hand extended. But we have to reach up and grab it, mm-hmm. right? And, and so oftentimes we get we get angry, and I hear this from people all the time on the road. Well, look, I've been praying for this forever, and Jesus did, hasn't done it. Well, I've been wanting to stop pouring forever, but Jesus hasn't done that. Well, what have you done, right? Mm-hmm. What have you done? How have you invited him to do something in your life, right? Have you gotten covenant eyes so he can bless you through an accountability partner or he can bless you through uh, that software that, that will stop you from seeing that stuff? You know, have you have – you, I want to quit drinking. Well, have you – actually stop buying alcohol mm-hmm. are you waiting for jesus just to show up and magically turn on some switch in you that says i'm just not going to drink anymore we have to take action in our spiritual life and it's that way in all of the spiritual life you know jesus died on the cross he has a plan for salvation but he invites each and every one of us into that plan of salvation we all have a part to play but when we go to him with this mindset of just i, I need you to do all these things and not take any sort of um, steps in our own life to, to to fix these things on our own, then then Jesus, it's almost like he's like, I want to help you, but you won't help yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens with the blind man, right? He's Jesus is walking by. It's not like Jesus didn't know that guy was going to be there on that day and that he needed healing. But Jesus waited for him when he found out what was going on to start yelling out. And then it was almost like a test when people started to try to beat him back and shut up and sit down and stop it and get out of the way. Um, The things, I'm sure, the way they were talking to him back then. um, He waited to see what his response was going to be. And the man didn't take no for an answer. You know what it reminds me of? Like being in mass where a baby's crying and everyone tries not to pay attention. But you always have a few people that look around and, like, try to – make eye contact with a parent like you're going to do something about it you know yeah. i mean and, and not to to go beyond that that story of, of something like that but it's like he was being a distraction yeah he, jesus was probably telling something you know and they were trying to hear but he kept he was in the background kept yelling and, and like you know kind of like distracting everybody from what christ was saying sure to our point jesus said all right man what what do you need you know and then because of that his faith Christ, I'm sure, probably said, come here, and healed him. And then he followed Jesus the rest of the way, correct? Yeah. Praising, and, and everyone was amazed because, well, it just happened in front of their eyes. Right. Well, he didn't take no for an answer, and right. he didn't just wait for Jesus to do it. He chased him down. And, I mean, how often in our lives when we need something or we want to change something and we have the opportunity to, but we, we don't do anything, right? We, we start to listen to the negativity. Well, mm-hmm. you could probably find a better job, but you know what? You didn't finish college. Well, you know what? You know, there's people out there that are more qualified. Well, you know what? There's this. And we listen to those detractors, the devil in our life, that main detractor, and we don't do anything. So we sit there and go, well, if Jesus wants it to happen, it'll happen. Well, no, Jesus wants you to take a, a an active part in your in your life and in your relationship with him. And so instead of sitting there waiting for Jesus to come and just fix everything, he invites us to be a part of that process, right? I want to be healed. Well, there's many ways to be healed. Now, I'm not some people have chronic diseases and cancers and things like that 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 there's nothing that can be done except mm-hmm. for if Jesus comes in and does something miraculous for them. But 
even then in those situations, there's still an opportunity to to change our hearts, to grow, to come to love him more, even in those harsher situations. But he waited for that man to simply not be turned away because people told him to turn away. Yeah, I'll heal you, but you can't just sit there on your butt and wait for me to do it. I want you to come and be a part of this, right? I want to see where you are. How bad do you want this? And I'm not saying Jesus is sitting there going, if you really want to be healed, jump you know, through hoops and, and pat your head and mm-hmm. stand on one leg for 10 minutes. What I'm saying is he's wanting to say, if you want this, then show me you want it. Like, come after it. And we see that in the story that you were mentioning too earlier, the the man by the pool. Yeah, I, I jumped ahead of that. That's story okay. That's all right. Really, so. But you know, the same guy, I mean, it's a different guy, but the same yeah. sort of situation. The guy's sitting there 38 years, it says, and this is in John chapter 5, that he's laid here by this pool. And mm-hmm. everyone believed that, you know, the last person in when the waters were troubled or being spun up, um, that the angels were sitting there doing that and that they would be healed. And so this man had been trying to get to the pool, trying to get to the pool. And if you've seen The Chosen, they've got a great episode on this where Jesus is interacting with this man. And it shows what happened from their you know, rendering of that or their perspective of it. But this man, you know, Jesus finally goes to him and, and he says, do you want to be healed? And what happens to the man? Well, I want to, but people always get down there ahead of me. Or I want to, or somebody steps in. Or I want to, but nobody will carry me down there. And Jesus looks at him and says, do you want to be healed? Mm. Like, I'm not asking about what everybody else is saying, what other, you know, extreme, what is that word? Extenuating circumstances are happening. I'm not asking about any of that stuff. What I'm asking about is what do you want and what are you willing to do about it? Do you want to be healed? So he says, yes, I want to be healed. And Jesus says, rise and take up your mat. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't touch him and then lift him up and say, okay, I'm going to make your legs work. He says, rise and pick up your mat and go. Still asking action of him, right? I'm not going to just show up and and there's not a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for you for doing nothing. He's calling us into taking action. So that man gets up, he leaves, and then the Pharisees follow him. What happened? Why are you carrying your mat today? And he's able to tell other people about what Jesus did for him. Jesus wants to heal us, but he wants us to turn those opportunities and those, those things that we prayed for that he helps us to fix. He wants us to play a part in them so that we then go and tell others what's been done for us, right? So we can turn those those situations not just as a quick fix for you, but something that turns you into action to go and tell other people about what's been done for you. Uh, you, can, you can, There's plenty of examples. I mean, there's the other one where the paralytic is being you know lowered through the roof of the house where Jesus was preaching. Jesus was already present there. Right, he was there in 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 the, in the place to be to do the healing, but the healing didn't take place until the action of the men that dropped that man down. They wanted to get to him, they couldn't. They didn't take no for an answer, so they climbed on the roof. They ripped open the roof, which I'm sure the the homeowner wasn't real happy with. Right. But they lowered him down, and Jesus even says it's because of their faith. Right, it's because of the actions, the the great links that they went to for you, that you were healed. That I decided to heal you, and so you know, I, I just I think a lot of times in our lives. We just we want Jesus to swoop in and fix everything. We don't want to lift a finger. Jesus, I want this and I want that, but I don't want to do this. It, it reminds me of of when I wanted even even in that prayer it, at the conference I went to when I was pouring out my soul the first time to a priest and wanted to change my life. I poured out everything, crying, ugly crying, sobbing, and then at the end of it I say, but I don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Right? I want Jesus to do everything, but I don't want to have to do anything that might make me get in trouble. And that priest lost it. He's like, do you want God's mercy or do you want things your way? Do you want it the easy way? It's not up to you to tell Jesus how things are done. If you really want his help, then what are you willing to do to get it? And sure enough, I got in trouble and I was arrested a couple of days later because I went back to doing the drugs. But it just I think we often go through life as if 
we're waiting on Jesus, but oftentimes I believe it's him that's waiting on us. And we, if we don't understand that, then we're always going to be sitting around our life waiting on him when he's actually sitting there going, no, I need you to first step up. I need you to take my hand. I need you to reach out. You know, we say, Jesus, help me carry my cross. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to pick your cross up first. I mean, Father Martel gave me this for my birthday the other day. I turned 44 last week. And he gives me this, and it's it's a picture of a – I mean, it's obviously a piece of metal made and bent in the shape of someone who's carrying their cross. And, you know, it really blessed me because he said it reminded me of him of me and what we're trying to do in this ministry, which was a tremendous compliment. But, again, Jesus can't help you carry your cross if you don't pick it up. right? Oftentimes we want him to pick it up, carry it, do everything, place it where it needs to be, put us on there, give us some Advil, make us comfortable so we don't hurt when we're on that cross. But no, Jesus is, he's not going to do anything until we pick it up, right? He need, we need to work in concert with him, and that's what he desires so his mercy can be played out. But so many of us, we, we just don't want to do that. We're not willing to do that. Well, you're also talking about counting the cost of a relationship with Christ. I mean, like you said, anyone that's inactive in their faith, and they're going to be troubled in their life. Yeah. So, so by increasing your action in your faith, trouble may still exist, but it won't cause harm to you as much as it was before yeah and i know that sounds backwards but what it is is that you don't you're not consumed as you were at one time uh, before because you lay all your faith and hope and, and trust and moving forward where you need to be in development of your faith and that's the same thing with relationships like marriage as well yeah you know the more open and more honest you are the less likely you'll do something to anger that relationship or destroy that relationship yeah and that's that's the thing i mean i just I know for a long time in my life, I sat around and, and just I did. I treated you know Jesus like a genie in a bottle and just said, all right, I want you to show up. I'll, I'll take out my Bible and rub it real nice and hope something happens. Or I'll, I'll say a quick, you know, hey, Jesus, thank you for everything in my life. I really need this. Please help me. Those kind of things. But I, what, I wasn't willing to do anything myself. I wasn't willing to put that foot forward. And, you know, this is the thing. It causes such spite in us if we're not careful. It can cause us to to resent the Lord and everything else when really he's not the one that's doing anything wrong. He's just patiently waiting for us and saying, no, like, I'm not just going to give you a get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, if you really desire this, then what length are you willing to go to to receive it? And again, I'm not talking about somebody that may be laid up in, in, Mm -hmm. you know, stage four cancer or whatever, that really the situation is what it is unless Jesus is able to come presently there and, and it has a... A miraculous healing, right? Yeah. Or you, you go to Lourdes and something happens. I mean, that's a different case. But I'm talking about just the everyday way that we, if we're not careful, we can, we can, the devil can help us turn our mindset towards this idea that, that Jesus has abandoned me. And it's like, no, you've abandoned yourself mm-hmm. because you simply haven't, you haven't taken any action in your life. And we know that the Christian life is hard. And so if, if there's people out there right now, for instance, that are listening and saying, well, I want, I want to be rid of this addiction or I want to be rid of this, this, this you know, wound in my life, well, what are the steps you're willing to take to get rid of it? Right? What, you have to start the process. I'll give you an example. You know, this ministry is, is you know, majorly funded by the, by the missions we do. You know, there's a cost to them, and if we get a couple of those in a month, then the bills are paid. But there's a lot of months where we don't, and that's why we ask for mission partners. But when Angela started grad school, I was like, well, wow, she's going to need me now more here, which means I can't go and do as many missions, which means we're not going to be able to fund the ministry. What does that mean for me? Like, how am I going to support my family on this side of the household, right? Angela's got a full-time job, but I can't justify being in this ministry if it's costing money and not bringing anything to support the family, right? We, 
there, there has to come a time where if that's the case, where we have to say, Lord, what do you want us to do now? And so I was sitting around and I was simply worrying about it and going, God, please bring money. Please help people give. Please give donors to it. And and I remember sitting there in this very studio feeling so worried and anxious and Lord, why are you abandoning me? Why are you not sending money? Why am I, why not even the fact that people aren't donating right now, but why are, why am I not getting opportunities for missions? I was getting them for a while. Why are they stopping? And then eventually in prayer it was like, what are you doing about it? Mm-hmm. Right? I knew we were sending emails out to parishes and those weren't coming back, but the Lord was like you're asking to be financially blessed, but what are you doing to do that? That was something that I'm going to be very honest with everybody watching right now. It was very hard for me. I was always good at selling something. You know, I could say, this is an iPhone. This is, you know, this is what it'll do for you. It'll make your life easy in this way. You should buy 20 of them, right? And I could sell those all day long. But when it came to asking people to support, it was very different. It was something that was out of my comfort zone. But one day, not long ago, a few weeks ago, the Lord basically challenged me, you want to be blessed financially? Well, people aren't going to like randomly pull up at your house and know that this is your house and know that you have a ministry and know that you need support to do what I've asked you to do. So then the conclusion would be get off your your ass, basically, excuse Mm -hmm. my French, and go out there and ask people for money. Yeah, it's uncomfortable for you, but you have a vision. You have a goal. You have results through what we're doing. I've blessed you with those things. Now go out and use it. Quit asking me to throw you a life preserver when you're not willing to swim to it. And that's really what this episode is about is where what are the things in our life that we're asking for help for and we're saying, Jesus, why aren't you showing up? And he's looking at us going, well, when are you going to help me? Mm-hmm. When are you going to take that first step? And that's often the hardest part in our, our Christian lives is taking that first step. Well, there's I can't see what's out in front of me. Is there a snake there? Is there a pit there? Am I going to fall? Is there something I'm not going to be able to come back from? And Jesus is basically saying, like, you're just going to have to see. But you're going to have to take that step. And once you take that step, then I will start to bring you along, right? But I'm not going to sit here and just do everything for you when you're unwilling to put out the effort on your own. And and, and we see that so much in our spiritual life and every place else. And we just want Jesus to come in and, and fix things. Well, Jesus isn't just a fixer. He's merciful, and he wants to extend his mercy. But again, I, I love that picture of Jesus. Like he, it's, it's usually depicted in a cross, and he's laying across the, the sides of it, and he's reaching down to the bottom of the cross to grab, mm-hmm. you know, for somebody to grab his hand. That's what he's doing in our lives, each and every one of us, is he's reaching down to try to grab our hand. But we have to be willing to, to at least take that step or pick up our cross, whatever analogy you want, you want to use, before he's just going to come in and, and, and simply give you everything you want in your life. Well, profound, as as you were saying, it, it makes a lot of sense for a lot of us because we probably tend to ignore internally what's going on with ourselves. Yeah. Um, we Like you said, we limit our time uh, being intimate with God, limit our time being you know vulnerable with other people, and by doing so, it, it, it diminishes our self of faith. Yeah. Well, you know, who who do we believe in? Do I believe in myself or do I believe in something higher than me? And then you kind of go off in the wrong way to where you totally neglect yeah. uh, any any growth that goes on because you're afraid to grow because growth growth hurts, man. I mean, like spiritual growth, although it is it is amazing, it's you're, you're challenged all the time because yeah. you're you're put in places that are uncomfortable. Uh, and um, unforgiving sometimes in the sense of my experience. Yeah. But the thing is, when you come from, you're in it and you come from it and you have faith, things are just given to you that, that you're just amazed and, and God reveals himself when those little gifts. Yeah, but you, like, again, you have yeah. to take that action. And, right. and that's what I'm saying. Like, 
maybe you've been sitting there for weeks if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I'm waiting on God. Well, maybe he's waiting on you. Like, yes, we wait for him in Advent. You know, we're going to be entering that season here in a couple of weeks. And and yes, he's waiting. You know, we wait for him to come and, and, and the word made flesh and all those things. But maybe right now in your life, he's waiting for you mm-hmm. to, to take that first step. Right? Maybe if you're far from him, he's waiting for you this Advent to say, I'm going to make Advent important to me. So often we put so much more importance on, on Easter because it's the death and resurrection, right? It's in the birth of the church and all of those things. But Advent is equally as important because the word had to be made flesh before he could die on the cross, right? The God of the universe had to decide that he wanted to come and be here for us and humble himself and make himself small. You know, to finish that story about the, the, the fundraising thing, you know, I finally said, all right, Lord, like, I'm tired of waiting for you to just drop all this in my lap. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. So I I, I, I turned on my computer. I, I made a, a spreadsheet, and I started putting people here locally in, in my, that I know are in my life that have supported in the past, who have talked about the things that they appreciate that we do. And I made a list of, like, 70 people, and I've been going almost every day over the last few weeks and sitting with them and saying, look, here's what this ministry has been doing. And this is hard for me. But I know that we're helping people, and I know it's making a difference. And I want to ask you if you would like an opportunity to exercise philanthropy in your life and join our mission and help us. And, Victor, I haven't yet to have anybody say no. And and God has just been showering blessings through those opportunities and through those meetings, a few I've had so far, because it's finally like, all right, mm-hmm. now instead of sitting around wasting your time worrying, being anxious, whining, getting angry at me because things are hard, you're actually getting out there and doing something to help the situation. And now because you've gone and asked these people, now I have an opportunity to bless what you're doing through them, right? You've, this has now been created because you simply took that first step. But you're for so long, you've sat there and wanted me to just swoop in and fix things. And that's not what the Christian life is about. Right? Jesus says they will hate you because they hated me. You'll be persecuted because they persecuted me. Nothing about the Christian life is easy. It is hard. If you think being a Christian is easy, you're doing it wrong. That's just the simple truth. Mm-hmm. And so this podcast today, again, I didn't know what we were going to do four hours ago. But as I read that, I just saw where this man got up and said, I'm tired of sitting here anymore. I'm not going to let anything stand in my way. I need Jesus' help, but I'm going to be the one to approach him. I'm going to be the one that that is going to make the situation possible for him to turn back to me and, and to heal me. Now, Jesus is always facing us, right? But in this situation, this man made it so, and he didn't let anything deter him. He didn't let anything detract him. He didn't make excuses in his life. Neither did the man at the pool after Jesus said, get up and take your mat and walk. Neither did the men that ripped open the, the house to lower him, the, the paralytic through the roof. So if you're listening to the show today, if you've got an issue in your life, if there's something you need Jesus' help with, whether it's a job or a sickness or a, a healing of a wound or, or, or a, a casting out of an addiction, what are you willing to do yourself? to open up that conversation, to take that first step, to show Jesus that you're ready for the thing that you're asking for. And not only that, but giving him the opportunity to bless you through that first step, because that's really what he wants to do. We have a merciful God. For all of you out there that are angry, that are mad, that are saying, Jesus doesn't answer my prayers, and therefore I've turned from him, start turning that finger back on yourself and saying, what did I ever do to allow him to start blessing me in my life? That's the question we need to ask ourselves today. Look at your situation, look at the results you want, and then say, what can I do myself to kickstart this process so that Jesus then has the the space, the open space to come in and bless me abundantly in my life? 
right? Whether through, it's through healing or or casting out of vices, growth and virtue, monetary things, if it's a need there, whatever it is, what am I willing to do to make that first step possible and that opportunity for Jesus to bless me possible? So guys, take that to prayer today. Take that situation to him. As we roll into Advent, yes, we are waiting on him to come, but just think, maybe he might be waiting on you to take that first step. So look at Advent and say, maybe this is a season where I can give myself more to him, where I can trust more of him, where I can surrender myself more, and then I can give him that opportunity to truly come into my life and bless it. So Victor, let's take all this to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, many of us have been in places where we have been called, we, we've been called out, we, we have, where we have called out looking for you to fix everything for us. A lot of those times it can seem like you aren't coming. Help us to remember that you've invited us into your plan of salvation and that, that plan requires action on our part. And Jesus, whenever we feel like we're waiting on you, remind us that it might be you who are waiting on us. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.